last year at the holiday event. The child had a part in the play and dad came up and gave the daughter flowers afterwards. And they had a hug and smiled in a nice moment. And then she went off and went home with mom. Mm-hmm. They get home and mom says something to her daughter that I didn't approve of that gesture. Mm-hmm. And I'm upset that you returned the gesture. By the next year, mom doesn't have to say anything. It doesn't take much for a child to say, dad, can you just not come? Last year when you brought me flowers and we kissed and hugged at the end and we had a five minute conversation that really upset mom. So they're trying to manage this on their own, right? Dad, if you just wouldn't come, mom would be better. I'd have a better time. Hey, this is Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. We've been working with co-parents in conflict for more than two decades. We've taught classes, written books, counseled parents, empathized, and agonized a few times to help people make sense of their complicated families. We were talking one day, and it occurred to us that helping the most difficult cases comes down to one simple concept. Is one parent willing to let go of the tug-of-war rope, or is it worth it to hold on and fight? So we invite you to take this journey with us each episode as we tackle the questions, should you hold on or let it go? Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Diane. Is it sunny and pleasant where you are? It is sunny. I have not been out this morning, but it is. it looks like a nice day. I spent some time on the beach yesterday and it was gorgeous, beautiful, sunny, cool, nobody there. I saw like three people and their dogs, which is great. <laughs> oh, that sounds idyllic. Yes. <laughs> yes I know. And then I bragged on social media and said, oh, this is what my December 5th looks like. <laughs> what does yours look like? <laughs> Do you track some people mad? <laughs> yeah. Can you track the people who defriend you because of <laughs> <laughs> No. No, again, I'm, I'm adamant about, I deserve this. Do deserve this. (laughs) I deserve it. (laughs) I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. So what has your week been like? I heard you Uh, finished the puzzle. I did. I finished the puzzle and, and my friends convinced me to frame it. So I'm I'm working on that. Yeah. It's, it's cause I'm never going to do it again. If I take it apart. I'm never going to put it back together. Give it to Goodwill or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or give it to your worst enemy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. So we're going to be doing something kind of different. Uh-huh. Are you interested in what that is? <laughs> I, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Don't a negotiation. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Um, you and I have talked a little bit about my latest pet peeve, which has been my pet peeve for 20 years, but it remains my pet peeve um, with regard to parenting plans. Oh, in that, yes. You know, a lot of the work that you and I do and have done and the people that work for us do doing parenting coordination work um, encounter people that just came out of a long, expensive, lengthy emotionally draining court battle. Yes. Maybe a hundred thousand dollars. And they come into the office of the parenting coordinator and say, here's my parenting plan. 
And just at first glance, you see like 10 mistakes. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just talking about typos. I'm talking about things left out, things contradicting one another, not addressing an important issue or addressing it in a vague or ambiguous way that is really only going to create conflict. And I have to tell you, it's the parenting coordinator's nightmare. Yes. And I don't know how long I've been talking about this, Rick, and I don't know how many workshops I've presented to other (laughs) professionals. I don't know. Yes. I am a weary individual when it comes to talking about this subject. Oh, yeah. So what I'd like for us to do is, you know, occasionally, not every week, but, you know, maybe every two or three weeks, we do a parenting plan disaster segment. (laughs) I love it. Yes, it is a disaster. (laughs) In our podcast to talk about poorly written paragraphs or sections or language, and then what problems that creates and maybe how to fix it. So what I would like for some of our listeners to do, especially if you're in the middle of a modification and you're about to go to mediation or you're about to have that meeting with your attorney, take a screenshot of a paragraph or two in your parenting plan, your posed parenting plan that might look convoluted or might not be clear, or even if it's a parenting plan that's already been signed by a judge, but you're not really sure how this is going to play out because it's written in such a way that it could be interpreted, interpreted, (laughs) interpreted (laughs) in various ways, which you know is going to create conflict. And Rick, what do you always say about the high conflict narcissist kind of person in parenting plans? Yes. If you've got a narcissist, a controlling person, or a bully on that other side, they will find every single loophole in that document and use it against you to drive you crazy. Yes. Some of the loopholes that I see have been about omission Mm, to list holidays, for instance, and say, you know, mother will have every mother's day, dad will have every father's day, but fail to give any kind of time frame. Yes. Talking about 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Are you talking about the entire weekend? And so when that is left open-ended, the people that you're talking about who are high conflict love that because anything open-ended gives me opportunity for control. Around holiday schedules and summertime schedules, we always see uh, convoluted language. Yes. When does the summer begin? When does it end? Especially when it comes to you're not allowed to have three weekends in a row or, you know, the one parent always gets the first week of summer vacation or the last week of summer. When is that and how does that affect the the weekends in a row? So I would just really like for people to send us your problematic paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And then um, when we get those, we will kind of make it a little segment in our podcast regularly. What do you think about that, Rick? I love it. I am so, the more I work with people in the divorce world, parents, I right? It's the first time they've ever been in this. They don't know what's important. They don't know what to look for. They don't know how to navigate through it. And one of the things that gets little attention is a misunderstanding of the purpose of a parenting plan. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they just um, give away any uh, participation or working on it, they just let the attorneys fill it out. And then the attorneys end up doing a boilerplate language that is Mm -hmm. notorious for loopholes and omissions. 
And then they get out of court and they end up in real life trying to navigate through these things. And they realize they paid for something that did not serve them well at all. Yes. So Uh, hopefully we can help with some of that. Yep. You know your ex better than anybody else. You know what they're going to do. And when I review parenting plans, I read every sentence with that Mm -hmm. perspective. How could I take advantage of you the way this is worded? Yes. And then fix it. Yeah. So that I can't. Because not only will that cause conflict, which, you know, conflict's not the worst thing if you know what you're going to do with it, but it could create more court cases. Oh, yeah. And more cost. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're trying to help people be proactive. You know, we've seen a lot in our our years of a lot of bad things happening to people. Yeah. I'm very jaded, Rick. Mm -mm -mm. I'm very, and and if you're a professional out there just getting started in this field. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I don't. (laughs) I don't have a lot of encouragement <laughs> unless you're going to be a warrior oh, for the definitely. cause, right? Yep. Yep. So what are we here to talk about today, Rick? Besides <laughs> parenting plan. <laughs> Gee, if only we had a dilemma that we I could talk about. I do have a dilemma. <laughs> oh, good. This is one that I put on social media and I just thought we'd take a few minutes to talk about it. Uh, it was the dilemma of the week, which I don't do every week, but I try to throw one out there every once in a while. Here's the dilemma uh, that I posted most recently on social media and got a lot of feedback on. Your nine-year-old son asks you to not attend his school holiday program because it will upset the other parent to see you there. When you try to explain that it will be okay, he begins to cry. What now? Whoa. Wow. We're right in the middle of the holiday season, although by the time people hear this, maybe holiday programs have been already done, but um, this has happened to many of my clients. Mm. So first of all, since we were just talking about parenting plans, is this addressed in the parenting plan? And oftentimes it is, sometimes Mm. it's not. When when have you seen it addressed in parenting plans? I don't see often a, a paragraph about attending um, so uh, school events. Mm-hmm. What Sometimes is the there protocol? Is. If the, if in the past the couple has had problems with this, with one parent forbidding be- the other parent, sometimes you'll see that as a paragraph addressed. in the parenting plan. That yeah, if there's a history parents, of a problem, yeah, yeah, both parents have the right to attend school events, uh, extracurricular activity events at the same time. I've also seen the opposite where because there have been problems, the parenting plan actually says um, parents should not attend the same school event or attend the same activity for the sake of the child. Yes. In fact, Rick, I got on a reputable parallel parenting website where when it describes parallel parenting, it actually says typically when people are executing parallel parenting, they do not attend the same activities. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit surprised by that because I don't think of that as something that has to do with parallel parenting. I think of that as something that has to do with the child. Yeah. The child should be able to look up into the stands and see mom at one end and dad at the other and should be 
you know, able to enjoy that. Yes. The parents, if they're going to execute a parallel style, should commit to not engaging in any kind of conflict at the activity, even if it means one has to walk away in the middle of it. Right. I mean, that's how I view parallel parenting is about you setting boundaries, not making agreement that we won't give our child what he or she probably needs, which is to have you both there. How do you feel about that? Yes. To see you there. I mean, even if it meant, uh, so let's say one way to look at it, one person's parenting time, that parent is the one who's present, responsible, aware of where the child is at all times, right? For safety reasons. The other one comes, they're there, they participate in in the audience and then leaves afterwards. They can always have a telephone call and their weekly call or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to celebrate and talk about it, but no interaction. I think you could do stuff like that easily. Yeah. It's one of those things where I find very sad for the children. You know, I'm at my soccer game and it's dad's weekend. So before I go, dad instructs me that if you see your mom, remember it's my weekend. Yeah. So in other words, you're not allowed to give her the time of day. You're not allowed to talk to her, smile at her, look at her, because if you do, you're violating my weekend. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And that's where we often will have parents tell us that when they go to the baseball game, their son or daughter will walk by them and glance at them, but won't smile at them or say hi to them Mm. because they're so worried they'll be judged by the other parent whose weekend it is. Can you imagine how hard that is for a child? Yeah. And I always advise parents when that's happening is you sit down with that child and you say, listen, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at me and just smile, that'll be enough for me. I think that's respectful. It's your parent, right? Yeah. But I also understand that you feel scared or whatever. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you in the middle of that. But that's really hard. It's really hard on a parent to not be acknowledged by their child because the child feels scared. Right. Which, which is the one thing we're trying to do is to protect the children from being afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, how can I behave as a parent or a co-parent mm-hmm. that could minimize? Mm-hmm. So we've got a nine-year-old who's crying. I, I'm assuming that they're crying because th- this is a stressful situation. Sure, sure. Them. So I... I think I want to declare a couple of things about this. Number one, to all parents listening, activities and school events should be neutral ground Mm -hmm. for the children. In fact, it should not be, oh, this is my mom's day and my dad's day. This is my time to shine. Mm -hmm. And I have said this to clients in parenting coordination, when you are an addict, Activity with the child, the child gets to decide who he or she talks to, hugs, and sits with. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't care whose time it is. This is his or her activity. Now, if you don't have a parenting coordinator telling you to do that, one parent may co-opt that and just say, no. If I, and they sometimes don't even need to say it. 
let me play this out. The child is, let's, it's a holiday event. Last year at the holiday event, the child was, had a part in the play and was there. And um, dad came up and gave the daughter flowers afterwards. And they had a hug and smiled in a nice moment. And then she went off and went home with mom. Mm-hmm. They get home and mom says something to her like, oh, I saw your dad get you those flowers. Oh, yes. no. Yes. That's so fake of him. You know, when we were married, he never got me flowers, <laughs> you know, or something. <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah. But something is said to the daughter that I didn't approve of that gesture. Mm-hmm. And I'm upset that you returned the gesture or, you know, whatever. By the next year, mom doesn't have to say anything. What does that child remember about last year's <laughs> Christmas play? Uh, that it was horrible experience. Yes. So it doesn't take much for a child to say, just don't come to dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. In this, the case I just talked about, the child is yeah. like, dad, can you just not come? They don't know to say, hey, because they don't, maybe they don't want to say last year when you brought me flowers and we kissed and hugged at the end and we had a five minute conversation that really upset mom. They're afraid to say that because they don't want to get mom in trouble. So they're trying to manage this on their own, right? Wow. That if you just wouldn't come, mom would be better. I'd have a better time. So to which point dad might say, and some of the suggestions we had on this post were very much like this. Well, dad could say, I'm, I'm going to come because I want to see you, but I'll be sitting in the back and I won't approach you if that will make it better. Yeah. You know, and they may even still go, oh, no, don't do that. Because you know, what if you run into mom and she knows you're there, you know, mm-hmm. because you could lecture the child and say, listen, I'm a parent, too. And I'm paying for this activity, too. Or, I, you know, I bought you that that outfit to wear at the Christmas chorus concert. And by God, I'm going to be there to see you in it, you know, or whatever. None right. of that works because it's not about any of that. Uh-huh. It's about the child feeling stuck in the middle. So that's one of the things I want to say is this should be neutral ground. But if it can't be because the other parent is not going to participate in it being neutral ground, then you do everything you can. Another uh, another suggestion on our social media to this was that the um, mother of the nine-year-old finds somebody who can videotape it for her. Oh, yeah. And then they can watch it. We've talked about that plan B yeah. in the past. If she said to the nine-year-old, oh, okay, I understand. I, don't, I want you to be able to shine in your program, but I also want to see it. So maybe if I get Miss So-and-so to video it for us, then when you're here again, you know, with me, we can look at it together. And he would probably get a big smile on his face. Yes. Are you wondering how to use the dragon method that Rick and I talk about? Consider attending our online workshop in January where we'll unpack the method in detail, and you'll have the opportunity to ask questions about your unique situation. Check the show notes for more info. So those are good options. However, and he's nine, nine years old is just sort of a difficult space because they're still in that parent pleasing mode. They haven't really reached that thinking for myself mode yet. 
So it's kind of a difficult age and it depends on their personality, how mature they are emotionally at nine, right? Uh-huh. But I almost hate those suggestions because you're teaching the nine-year-old to always give in to the bully. Oh, I had not thought of it that way. Okay. I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. Does it you to think to say, even though I could see myself suggesting this to a parent, depending on the circumstances, I still don't like the solution. And I'm assuming some of our listeners don't either that, okay, I won't go. I'll just have somebody video and then we'll watch it together. It's not the same. (laughs) Part of me wants to say to the child, listen, I know you're upset or you're worried about what your mom or dad might say to you, but guess what? I'm going to go. I'm going to be there because I want to see and experience this moment with you. And if the other parent creates any conflict for me, I promise you I'll walk away from that. There won't be any, but if they don't, and you may go home and they might not say anything. And I want you to learn that sometimes you can push through these things and be okay by making a good decision for what you want. So, so let me, let me, let me play through this, uh, in, in my head. So yes, I can get, I could probably guarantee that I am not going to engage in any negative dynamic between the other parent, if they say anything to me, but, and I I'll leave, I can promise the child that I'll just walk away. But one of the circumstances was the comment that the child got when they got home. So I can't protect the child from, even if I don't engage the other parent, they make a comment to, Oh, I see your dad came. uh, And if, well, I don't know what he thinks he's trying to, it still creates that negative experience for the child, but you're suggesting that maybe the child needs to learn to push through or deal with that negativity from mom, because it really isn't anything dad can control. Is Right. And I also, I, you know, I'm thinking about what this is teaching the child. Okay. If the child were older, a teenager, for instance, it would be a completely different conversation. And if they were younger, it would be, a, it's, it's the nine-year-old, which I see as a sort of a sensitive age, right? Yes. Be, kind of between two worlds. They're not quite a preteen yet, but they're not quite a little child yet. And they're sweet. This age is usually very sweet. Yes. I also don't want to think that in the future, he has to do this to manage the conflict. Because he walks away from the conversation when I say, okay, I won't go because you asked me not to. He walks away from that going, okay, I, I managed that. I figured that ah, out. I yes. fixed that. Yeah, it's is, still his is burden. It, is it his to fix? Right. Oh, that's fascinating. So I, I, I guess I'm going to say it depends. <laughs> depends on the circumstances <laughs> and the situation. It always does, right? Right. You know, if this has happened several times before, you might very well say, you know, I'm going to just take you out of this and not go. But yeah. This is, if this is the first that you've heard of it, on at first blush, are you really going to just say, yeah, you're right. I'll stay away if that makes you feel better because now he feels like, okay, well, in the future, I this is what I have to do to keep peace. Mm-hmm. I have to do my other parents' bidding for him or her to make sure that there's peace. And 
it just bothers me a little bit that you would put a child in a position of thinking that it's his or hers to manage. I'd rather, I almost rather the other parents say, listen, this is not yours to manage. I understand you might be worried that if I come, the other parent is going to say something hurtful about me. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's okay. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings that your other parent is saying things about you. What would hurt my feelings more is that you would feel like you had to manage our conflict. That yes. hurts me more. So let's, you know, tell me why you're crying. Tell me what happened before that makes you scared that it'll happen again. Well, last year, dad, you know, or mom said something mean about you because you came and then I cried. Okay. But I just told you saying something mean about me doesn't hurt your, your mom or your dad. They're hurting. Mm-hmm. People that are hurting say hurtful things about other people. I'm sorry they're hurting to the point where they have to say mean things about me, but I'm a big person and it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And then you want the child to have the experience that, yeah, they go home. And number one, they, the other parents either says nothing, which is probably more the case. We want the child to realize that what they anticipate doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. So that could be a positive, right? That teaches them, oh, what I thought was going to happen didn't actually happen. Maybe my yeah. parents not as angry this year as they were last year. <laughs> so, right. gee, this is a new day, <laughs> right? Right. Or the child goes home and ex- and mom or dad does exactly what they expected. But if they have the other parent's voice in their head that I'm okay with it, I get it, I understand it, I'm not worried about it, I don't want you to be in the middle of it then the child can just kind of ignore it and go, okay, dad didn't like mom was there. Now, if the child says my dad specifically asked me to ask you to not come. Oh, wow. Right. Then what's the answer? <laughs> what, how would you answer the child in that one, Rick? I don't know that I would change the answer. Um, I, well, yeah, I would I'd do what you did. Um ask them what they would want to do. Why, you know, what, what do you want me? Do you want me there or not? Is it going to cause you more problems? But then if they're just fulfilling the obligation to tell me, because my parent told me to tell you, then I would have that same conversation. It's not going to bother me. It's not, I'm fine. I would probably have the same conversation. I think I would ask the child, do you want me to talk to the other parent about it? Mm. He may say, oh, no, 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 don't tell him that I told you that he said. Yeah, I don't want to talk to the other parent about it. Or he might say, yeah, I'm sick of this. I don't want to be in the middle of anymore. You go talk to him about it, which gives you permission to say to dad, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) Which dad or mom may deny that they said that, which is always, you know, then it makes, then it puts the kid back in the middle. Yeah. So I don't know that you need to address it at all other than listen. I'm sorry your dad put you in the middle. I'm sorry your mom put you in the middle of that. This is not yours to manage. Right. So I'll probably come and I won't I won't make a scene. I won't make a spectacle. I won't even approach you if you don't want me to. We can talk about it later when you see me. But I feel like it's important that I go and experience this as a parent and that you can look and see that I'm there. I think that's important. So there's a fine line between wanting to protect my child from the reaction that the other parent might cause either toward me or toward Mm -hmm. the child and 
having uh, exercising my want and responsibility to be there for my child, even though it might create some stress for the child because of what the other parent says to them. Like the, everything, the, I think it's about your attitude. Is your attitude going to be? He can't tell me or she can't tell me what to do. This is my kid and I'm going yeah, whether they yeah. like it or not. Right. I have that's, a right. Yes. That's not an attitude that serves the child. Mm-hmm. But I feel like neither is the attitude that you just give and go, okay, junior, I won't go if you, and we don't know that junior won't walk away and go, dang, I really wanted to. I wish you would have come. <laughs> right. Yeah. That I think that's another extreme. I think the middle ground is... It's not that I have a right to be there, but I, it's uh, this, I will never experience this again with you. Right. So, yeah, you know, we all want to see the sixth grade recorder concert that is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every sixth grader I know has a recorder and they did a concert on three blind mice. Every sixth grader I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you go and it lasts for 20 minutes and you applaud like, wildly yes because it was the worst thing you ever heard to hear 56 graders play three by blind mice poorly on the recorder however (laughs) those are moments that if you don't have you know it can feel like you've missed out on something important so you know use your good judgment again it depends on the situation it depends on how many times this has happened in the past and what you know about the history but I just want people to balance not, not um, demanding my rights nor giving in so quickly because you are balancing what am I teaching my child Right. with this is about my child. Yeah. That's where the balancing act is. This is about my child. But what am I teaching my child in the answer I'm about to give? Am I teaching him or her good boundaries? Yeah. And I know that just mucks it up for everybody. And they're it does, but we're gonna end this and they're gonna go, well, no, I still don't <laughs> know what to the, do. Yeah. Because there's a risk either way. You could get it wrong, but then we're back to all, all right. right, you've made but, a mistake and now you go through the the other process. But Rick, we can't tell it. everybody in the world how to live their life. So come on. <laughs> right. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> It'd be we're, so much easier. We're not God. Oh um, dear. But I just want parents to use their good judgment. And those that are not conflict are non-impossible parents typically have pretty good judgment. They just Mm -hmm. are so used to reacting emotionally to toxicity of their effects. Right. And I'm trying to pull you out of that because you can go the wrong way and go, okay, okay. I I don't want my child to feel that toxic nature either. So I'm just going to not go. Right. Yeah. Though I see it now. When do you get to teach your child that sometimes you have to push through that? Even if you hear something you don't like to hear just to declare that I don't, I don't have to cower to the bully. Yeah. Do you, do you see the balance? I, I, I see the difficulty in that choice now. Yes. You can always count on me to take something simple and make it extremely complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But, but there ends up being insight in that. That's what's so great. That's because life is complicated. Indeed. Right. Yep. Which is why 
We want those parenting plan examples. I'm actually going to dig up some examples of crazy parenting plan language mm. that I've read over the years. Yep. Because I I think it'll be interesting and funny. I think we'll, it'll help. I think it'll we'll help get, people. Yeah. Then we'll get down to the brass tacks about actual parenting plan language and what to do about it. Yes. Without, let me give you this disclaimer though, without giving legal advice. Indeed. No, we're not going to do that. You will hear us say this a lot that talk to your attorney before you Mm -hmm. sign this or talk to your attorney about the language we might be suggesting because everybody in different states is possibly going to have different rules and statutes about parenting plan language. And so we want to respect that. But I think we're always going to be, um, promoting clarity. Yes. To my mind, what we're what we're empowering you to do by going over the parenting plan is to have a productive conversation with your attorney. Right. So that it it you get your money's worth and it does accomplish what it's meant to do and that is to keep you safe in the future. Right. And productive means informed. Yes. You know, because if you've never done this before and your attorney just says, oh, no, no, I've got a boilerplate for that and this will work. You have to be bold enough to say that you don't understand my co-parent. Exactly. My co-parent would read that and think this, that he or she could do that. And you have to sort of, this attorney is working for you. So you have to sort of say this, this isn't good enough what you wrote, <laughs> we right. We need to fill in the holes or we need to expand it a little bit more so it's clear. Now, I will say um, some judges are opposed to lots of detail. So again, mm-hmm. it's the balancing act. I- I've always said you don't want your parenting plan to look like the IRS code. Right. So if it's overly detailed, sometimes there is more to fight about. Yeah, yeah. Not enough detail creates a lot of things to fight about. fight about. So it's a matter of finding that balance of enough detail that I don't have to ask you a question about it in our weekly communication because the parenting plan is clear enough. It's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and I'm re- it I'm, prevents more communication between us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded by how attorneys that have told us, you know, I never thought of this I because I don't see the aftermath. Right. Of once the case is over, I don't get to see how this plays out in their daily lives. Until it comes back two years later for a modification. Right. And they realize, oh, they've been fighting about those three paragraphs for two years. <laughs> yeah, I could have done I that would, better the first I would, time. I would hope that would be educational, but apparently I would not. hope. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Maybe, and I hate to say this, but a lot of our listeners think this. Is that's how they get you back? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Not all attorneys, but maybe some. Maybe some. <laughs> yep. All right, Rick. That was a good combo. And, yep. Uh, I look forward to doing the parenting plan disasters. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Next week. All, all right, right. We'll talk to you all soon. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, listeners. Many of you have inquired about online co-parent coaching. Diane and I don't have the time ourselves to provide that service, but the organization we both work for does. The Center for Navigating Family Change will be launching its online coaching program under our training and direction this fall. 
We think our CNFC coaches are going to be swamped with requests. So we want to give our Co-Parent Dilemma listeners first dips. Just go to the link in our show notes to complete the pre-registration form that will push you to the front of the line. There's no obligation and you'll get information about how it will work so that you can decide. It's time to take advantage of having your own personal co-parent coach to help you respond to your difficult co-parent. The information contained in this podcast is generic. It must not be misconstrued as constituting legal or psychological advice. Decisions relevant to any specific individual, family system, or case require the direct evaluation of skilled, child-centered professionals.